Welcome to Midpoint, OCC's midweek podcast aimed at helping you connect with last week's message and prepare you for next week's sermon. Let's dive in. Uh, you ready? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no idea. This is the most blind I've ever gone into Midpoint. Yeah. It's kind of exciting. It's going to be great. Well, that's all the time we have for Midpoint. <laughs> Only you. <laughs> uh, welcome to Midpoint, your midweek connection to Orchards Community Church. James is laughing at me already. Uh, this past weekend, James entered into a new sermon series yes. called Christmas Playlist. And uh, it was a good sermon. It was good. I enjoyed it. Appreciate that. Um, I'm, I'm, I took so many notes. I'm trying to see it. There was... like I Like, you can see this. There's all these wow, notes of wow, just like, wow. man, that's really good. I had like <laughs> quotes that you said that I was like, oh, that's really good. So we're going to talk about those. Um, we glorify busy. Ooh, yeah. Do we realize that Jesus came for more than that? That was kind of like how you prefaced yeah. this whole sermon and even the kind of the whole series. Yeah. Um, man. <laughs> Go. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me where that's wrong. I mean, that's that's one of the big issues. And and I get that busy is easier than abundance. Uh, you know, and, and the number of times I have just and, and I've caught myself doing it, and I've caught others doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, the, just the most prominent example in my head, and I, there wasn't any room for it in the sermon, but I remember thinking about it last week. I was at a pastors' conference one time, and it was so. so and sweet and easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like show up and listen to a guy and then go eat free food at a buffet and then show up and listen to another. I mean, great speakers, yeah. great, you know, in a really nice place. We, we, church put us in a really nice hotel. Like, it was great. Our whole staff was there. We were enjoying one another. And in one of the breaks, and they had real neat, you know, swag stuff and books and, and all that, you know, I'm walking through this little shop looking at all the books from all the speakers and there's a dude sitting there on his phone, and and he gets a call. I'm assuming from his church or whatever mm-hmm. like that, and and you know the person on the other end is asking him how's everything going. He's like, oh, busy, oh, just so busy. Like, what is this guy? <laughs> this is the easiest it gets. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you're not preaching today. You're not having to shepherd anybody in your flock today. You're sitting here getting poured into. Yeah. We've just glorified busy. Like that's our default answer because we think that gives us this purpose. Mm-hmm. And God came for a bunch more than that. Yeah. And, and and I mean, the biggest fear in that is if we elevate how important busyness is, when are we ever going to stop and rest in the Lord? And, and and we miss out on all the joy of abiding. We miss out on all the joy of joining God where he's at work because we feel like I've got 16 things on my to-do list that I have to check off. And, and we do. Yeah. I mean, you and I just had this conversation yeah. about things that we do have to do. Like, I get that. I'm not saying shirk responsibilities. I'm saying focus on the right priorities. Yeah. <laughs> don't glorify things that aren't supposed to be glorified. Yeah. You're not yeah. saying don't do anything. No, like, of be course. Lazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you know, we are super blessed, and I won't sit and pat you on the back any harder. I mean, our, our staff is just a hard-working staff. I don't see people shirking responsibilities, but I just want to make sure we have the right priorities. Mm-hmm. That's really the bigger deal. So my my question to you then, because you, you as you were talking and you're talking about, well, this is, you know, we're going to talk about all these things. And you said, we're going to talk about hope mm-hmm. this this time around. And so as I was just listening to the to the intro of your, your sermon, I was just like, is hope the solution to busyness? Yeah. 
Well, I think hope is a broader solution to so many of the mm-hmm. issues that we have. And, and part of the deal is that there's just real power in hope. Um, we've talked about this before a few times, I think you and I specifically, but then even in some counseling situations where we talk to staff about things, there are, I don't want to call them uh, tricks, <laughs> that's the first word that came up, mm-hmm. tools that, yeah. that you use in counseling. We, we, we don't have any licensed counselors on staff, but we all have been blessed to do some pastoral counseling. And one of the things that happens when somebody ends up in your office or somebody you know is, is having a crisis or whatever, they've kind of lost hope. And so much of the time we see it in marital counseling, and certainly it's it's devastating. You know, f- folks come in and they, you know, had professed love for one another, and now they're mortal enemies. Well, they've lost hope. They, they don't see any areas where they agree. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't try to fix the whole problem with one broad brushstroke, if you just say, hey, let's break this down into components that are small enough where we can go, what about this? And in that area, they start to see some coming together. Mm-hmm. Well, that gives them hope. And the incredible thing, and I've seen this many, many times, that little bit of hope then carries them into the next issue and they can address that. And so there's this power in hope. Mm-hmm. And and the reality is it comes in the way we presented in the sermon that you have to endure. That's the pathway to hope. You have to go through those trials. You have to experience some persecution. Those, those things are the thing God uses to set you up to be able to experience that power. So the, the, the busyness part really, I think, tries to frame more of the Advent season and the mm-hmm. way that we end up in this time. Because, I mean, I don't know many people in America who don't hit the ground running really before Thanksgiving, yeah. <laughs> but certainly after to go, well, we got all this stuff we got to get done before the day comes. And we and I and again I know I'm guilty of this, so I'm not trying to just paint everybody else into this this picture. Christmas Day comes, and we might finally get around to celebrating Christ in the manger. We might finally remember, but we've spent a month chasing our tail. Yeah, and and so we don't think about the hope that comes because Jesus came. Yeah, yeah. So that was the bigger picture I was trying to paint. Yeah. No, that's I like that. I wonder just. As I'm thinking through, since we're sprinting, yeah. you know, kind of emotionally and physically and um, financially to, to get through the, you know, the season. And then, you know, we have the high from Christmas yeah. and then the high from New Year's. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, we can take on the world. <laughs> I'm going to set my, you know, the <laughs> my New quote unquote resolution. New Year's resolutions with that mindset of, yeah. man, I'm I'm energized right now, which you're... You're falsely energized, yeah. But thinking you can take on the world, and it's like, no, you've been you've been gassing yourself this whole time, yeah. and so. If I mean, you talked a lot about being still. You talked a lot about just waiting and being patient, and waiting for God to move. If we're so busy doing that, uh, or sorry, if we're so busy in the season that we think God's going to move. And what we haven't been relying on them before. Like, yeah. I just wonder if that, yeah. I, I don't know, that no, didn't come across as, no, as good I, as I, I wanted I, I do to, think but. I know where you're going. You know, it, there there is a sense to that. that we kind of do live um, seasonally in this life. You know, mm-hmm. we, we kind of are always 
gearing up for the next big thing. And some of that I think is we're based on a school year calendar and then it just kind of moves forward and we're always looking to that next thing. There's some real danger in that uh, of not being present in yeah. the things that we're supposed yeah. to do. I, I and, and I'm not sitting here trying to bag New Year's resolutions. I mean, if somebody uses those and they're sure. helpful to them, I think the reality is it, it kind of becomes like the, the deal we see in the culture wars we have. We want to go out and fight this sin that we see or that thing or whatever. And, and that's probably a very, very valid point. You know, we are supposed to defend truth and stand on truth, but but I think we're missing some of the application. We need to tell people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to do the, the first things first. This is what Matthew 6.33 says, you know, so we take care of those things. God takes care of everything else. If our New Year's resolution wasn't, well, I'm going to read the Bible cover to cover, or I'm going to make sure I eat healthier, I'm going to make sure I work out six days a week, whatever like that, and it really was, I'm going to rest in God and try and hear from Him. I think he'd lead us to, <laughs> to yeah. all those other things. We don't make that a New Year's resolution. That's yeah. not, I, I don't know, if, can I use this word on the podcast? That's not sexy enough. We, we, we don't, yeah. you know, we don't think that's the thing. Yeah. That's going to be the title for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not sexy enough. There you go. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> man, I stuck my foot in that. <laughs> but, but that's the deal on that. We, and, and again, we, we just don't prioritize well. And some of that's our fallen nature. Some of that's the world we live in. I mean, I yeah. get that. There's a prince of this world who wants to detract, distract us from the yeah. things God wants for us. So, so that's kind of the deal. But, but yeah, there, there's a, a real opportunity that that is available in the Advent season, leading into the new year. That's available all the time. But we could focus on it more now. Mm-hmm. Say, am I doing this the way God wants me to? Yeah. As we're getting ready for a, a holiday that everybody celebrates, whether you're a Christ follower or not, mm-hmm. vir- virtually everybody in America celebrates this. Do we point to Jesus? Yeah. Because, man, and I'm working on the sermon uh, for next week uh, today real hard, and, and I'm in all the stuff's just in my head right now. There's a peace that God wants us to have, and we settle for a peace we get from a warm, fuzzy moment watching a movie or, or, or the smell mm. of the cookies coming out of the oven. And I mean, those things are great. There's nothing wrong with those. But that's not lasting peace. Yeah. That's not eternal peace. That comes from the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, those are fleeting. Yeah. I mean, they're they feel great. great in the moment, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they are Hallmark movies, you know. <laughs> There's a whole channel for that. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you watch the Hallmark movies? I have never watched no? a Hallmark movie. I don't, Who was? Right? I was talking to somebody, and they're like, "No, we make an an, an yeah. in, uh, like they're intentional to watch several Hallmark movies for aren't they, Christmas." Aren't they all the same movie with different I think, actors? I think so. But they're, that's like their thing. Right. Anyway, sorry. I know you're a Christmas person, so. I I have Christmas movies that I watch. I've been sick the last couple of days. I've watched a bunch of them. I yeah. love them. I, yeah. I mean, I watch them every year and I'll watch them multiple times. And they do. I, it's like, oh, I love that. You know, and then yeah. one of them I watch because I hate it and then I love it. You know, and, and so it's just weird. You yeah. Know? But I watch them every year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I started my, my. Guilty as charged. I started my Christmas playlist. Yes. Oh, oh I see what you did there. Oh, nice. Come yeah, on now. There we go. <laughs> Um, all right. Um, I did want to point out on officially, yeah. I caught the Gary Goldman reference. So I, I'm was not, that just for me? I'm or? not saying I wrote it just for you. It's, it's true that the shuffle feature offers yes. you a 10% oh, chance man. Of, of hearing a song next out of 10 songs. Like I get that. What are the chances? It's rocket, yeah. man. There it is. <laughs> 10, 10%. 10%. 10%. So I didn't do that just for you. You never write a sermon just for one person, but I knew you'd appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I cracked up laughing. I was like, thanks, James. Uh, okay. Um, 
The struggle is good. I'm just going to start reading these things and whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> um, we can go on because we, we didn't get any questions from Midpoint uh, for the, from we the congregation. We you guys to step up. Yeah. It'd be great. Like, we really want you guys to engage with this, and especially in Christmas, like, especially if we're, you know, I mean, you guys can listen to podcasts while you're putting up Christmas lights or, um, I was going to say mowing the lawn. Nobody mows their lawn, (laughs) but, you know, when you're doing things, raking the leaves. Yes. You know. Lots of leaf. So, uh, but if there's something that, that, uh, you know, is is burning in your heart or just a question that you're kind of thinking through, like, let us know. We'd love to answer. Yeah, a great place for us to address it. But, okay. Um, Where was it? Wishing and dreaming versus expectation. So that was the, you you talked about how hope, we treat hope as like we're wishing and dreaming that something's going to happen versus really just like expecting God to show up. Well, and and I know you studied that in seminary. That's important for us to understand the difference between biblical hope, confident assurance, and and what we view as hope. But but that's the deal. I mean, we hope for stuff that is so ridiculous. And, And I mean... I, I, I don't play the lottery. I'd love to win the lottery, but I don't play. I do enter to win the dream home, the HGTV oh, do dream you? home okay. every day because it's free. And I'm like, <laughs> if, if God's going to bless me, this will, you know, yeah. well, God's not real big on get rich quick schemes. I'm probably never going <laughs> to win that thing. But, but if I it talk, happens. Every, and, and, you know, we have, everybody has financial issues. I, I get it. The world lives this way. But with my surgery coming up, you mm. know, and, and I've already had a surgery this year. You know, and then we're sitting here trying to budget Christmas stuff and everything. And, and, you know, anytime we run into, and it just seems like in the in the pace of our lives with a bunch of kids and a, a bunch of cars and a bunch of kids in school. And I mean, like, we, we just, we never get ahead, you know, mm-hmm. and, and God always takes care of us, but, but we never get ahead. And so anytime something like that pops up, I make that joke. I was like, well, when I win the dream house, you know, and, and Christina laughs a little bit, but not much <laughs> because it's just hoping. Yeah. Like it's not, that's not a plan for our financial yeah. future. Yeah. We're just wishing and dreaming, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's the way that we tend to view hope. And mm-hmm. that's not the way the Bible presents hope. Yeah. And so we need to understand that. It really is. It's not hope that Jesus is coming back. The expectation, we should live our lives knowing yeah. that he's coming back. Yeah. And that should give us more hope than the yeah. wishing and dreaming that we actually live with. Yeah. I will confess, though, just on my own <laughs> thing, um, and that's hard. Oh. That, that is a very difficult... <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying yeah. that it's easy I'm not for you. Saying it's yeah. easy. I do it wrong all the time. But I mean, with... <clears throat> I mean, Jesus hasn't come back... For two for two thousand years, it's been, you know? it's been a minute. Yeah, and so I, I mean, my whole life Jesus hasn't come back, you know. And, and <laughs> what do you know, mine yeah. too. But what I mean is, and I, I know it, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But for for us to to say from the stage, yeah. hey, we need to have hope, and it's like nah, that's a good sermon. Yeah. But you walk away and you're like, man, Jesus ain't coming tomorrow. Yeah. Jesus well, ain't coming. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's how you feel. And and that's the thing it, where we really have to watch. And I appreciate the 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 transparency of that question. Yeah. But dude, that's our issue all the time. We have to watch our feelings real hard mm-hmm. because my feelings lie to me all the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just there's a reality if I really believe the Bible is God's inspired word and it's his guide for me to how to live this life, then yeah. I'm supposed to do it that way. Mm-hmm. That's why we landed. I mean that that I'm always trying to look as I think about uh, Christmas series and Advent series. Hey, is there something I haven't preached before? Because you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Christmas story is yeah. what it is. It don't and, change. And I, no, and I've preached it yeah. several times now. And, and so I'm always looking for different stuff. And I like that this year that I land in a bunch of different passages. I ended up in John one time, but but this next week talking about peace, I'm in Ephesians, which is not a passage usually preach at Christmas. 
but but there's that reality to that 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 we get the Christmas story, but the entirety of the Bible is written for us to understand. Hey, here's how these things come to life, and so in Hebrews, especially in chapter eleven, you get the Faith Hall of Fame. All those people lived with hope mm-hmm. and died <laughs> before Jesus came back, just like you and I very well could die before Jesus comes back. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, you look at the state of the world and you do start wondering, man, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, I think it's getting close. But I, since I don't know and can't know, Scripture says, you know, I just want to be ready. Yeah. So, so that's part of the deal. But I, I, I do, and I, you know I appreciate you in so many ways, but I appreciate you saying, Dude, that ain't easy. <laughs> that's that's fun to talk about, but that's very, very hard to do. Yeah. Well, that's the reality of being a Christ follower. There's going to be a whole lot of things where we go, I got to die to myself and the way I feel and what I want to do and say, if this is what God's word tells me I'm supposed to do, yeah, this really should be it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do the, I mean, I have to do the, I don't want to say mental gymnastics yeah. because that makes it sound like I have to, I have to make it work, yeah. but to help myself get through that. Like I have to just like go back to kind of square one of like, okay, is there a God? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And then I've reasoned that, you know, from archaeology, from all those other things about the Bible and, you know, all the apologetic side. Okay, there is a God. There is a Jesus. He did die. He was resurrected. Okay, that's true. Okay, well, then that Jesus said he's coming back. Yeah. Okay. And he says he's going to take me with him, whether I'm dead and then he takes me or I'm still living and then he takes me. Like it's going to happen. All right. Now then, I have to live this way, yeah. and and like that's 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 a course for my life. Yeah. yeah, one I had a dear friend back in Missouri, and and that was the you know I challenged people quite a bit. Hey, how much are we sharing the gospel? Because that's really the answer yeah. to so many of these things. And this guy had a great answer. He said, "Well, to to remember that I have to preach the gospel to others, I have to preach it to myself every day." Mm-hmm. And and man, I've never forgotten that. I was like, that's the thing. If I remember to preach, I'm saved. While I was far off from the Lord because of this plan that works not just for me, but for others that I'm supposed to, you know, well, then that gives you more of a burden, you know? So that's the the deal for me. I I think I'm going to, I'm not 100% sure. I think I'm going to include a story about a a mutual friend of ours who who allows us to drink a lot of Coke Zero because just, you know, as part of my interaction with him and trying to be Christ to him and trying to share the gospel with him, like he hasn't responded to the gospel yet, mm-hmm. but he sure seems to like me, and he sure seems to like you. And yeah. like he's not—he's not afraid of talking about stuff. He just doesn't want to talk about Jesus stuff. Yeah, you know. Well, I think that's good that I'm still developing the—I'm <laughs> the, 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 winning the right to be heard. I'm trying to build a bridge to, to yeah. share the gospel with him. Well, that's the deal. To do that over and over when it gets kind of hard because he never really takes any of the bait that, <laughs> that I give him. Well, I got to preach the gospel my, to myself. I once was that way. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to hear anything about it. Yeah. So, so that's the deal, I, I do think. And again, the fact that it's hard, good things come. The endurance is the pathway to hope. That's why the trials are there, so that we will develop that proven character, all the things we talked about in the sermon. Yeah. Which I'm going to, I'm going to, that endurance pays the pathway to hope. Yeah. So you said something that I, I quoted because I, I listened to it on the podcast like over and over and over again. So I was like, I want to get this right. Um, and it's right below my note that says Gary Goleman reference. But <laughs> faith lives in patience and patience is willing to endure and endurance paves the pathway to hope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's the steps. I, yeah. I think that's where, where it's supposed to go. And again, I, I think that's what you see in the entirety of the the Faith Hall of Fame. But But we want to discount... 
the endurance part. We want to discount the patients and the trials. Mm-hmm. We don't understand how those are connected. Yeah. And that's where, as we pointed back, especially that Romans 5 passage, but the James 1 passage as well, that there's a place for the trials in our lives. And we would like to eliminate the trials in our lives. Yeah. But God uses the trials in our lives to develop our faith, to have us practice the patience, to have us grow in our endurance, mm-hmm. because it does build character and leads us to hope. Yeah. And as Paul says in Romans, hope does not disappoint, because he's poured out his Holy Spirit into us to give yeah. us this power to now go out and make disciples who make disciples, share the gospel, do all the things. Well, that comes in that pathway. Yeah. It's not like, boom, you just get it. I mean, you do, because you get eternity the second you profess faith. Yeah. But but in that, now there, there's a system that you see, and you're like, okay, I'm supposed to be part of this. Yeah. And that, I do think, if we preach the gospel to ourselves, if we walk through the steps, we realize, okay, well, that trial came up, and now I know why that trial came up. Here's the thing that I'm supposed to learn. Mm-hmm. I... I I've got it in the sermon right now. I just typed it, uh, so it's fresh in mind. But like, I probably my favorite Christmas movie is "It's a Wonderful Life," and I hate it because I hate Mr. Potter. I just hate him. Like I, <laughs> but you know, in the end, and I cry every time. Uh, no, it. you. <laughs> it's, no, it's hard to believe. <laughs> Picture in your mind. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like I always. <laughs> Okay, smarty. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's too good. I get it. Uh, in the end, when the bell rings and Clarence gets his wings, I cry. But I mean, right before that, there's a spot almost always where I cry. And it's when Harry Bailey comes in and he makes the toast to his brother George, the richest man in town. And all that happens because Mr. Potter was a jerk. You know, mm-hmm. He goes through that trial to end up enormously blessed. There's, there's something we could learn there. <laughs> That we get enormously blessed through these trials, and we wouldn't be blessed in the same way if we tried to sidestep the trial. But that's what, and, and, and I mean, dear goodness, we're so flawed. I, I've done it a zillion times for my kids. Well, I don't want them to go through that trial because, oh, yeah, yeah, because that's bad. But what if that's the thing God is wanting to use to develop their character and yeah. and, and improve their perseverance? And I'm like, nah, not that one, God. Yeah, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's what that is. Yeah. You're crippling them. <laughs> crippling them for life. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the deal. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. But I, I know I have done it yeah. before. So. Yeah. <sighs> don't make me cry in here. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it, was, it was good. Like, yeah. Uh, okay, so you also said, <clears throat> um, we like to live in an echo chamber, but leave very little margin for faith in God's promises, faith that perseveres and gives us hope. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and again, that's just part of our fallenness. We, we like to surround ourselves with people who think the same way we do and, mm-hmm. and like the same things we do and, and are outraged over the same things that we're supposed to be outraged over. And, and none of that is necessarily wrong in and of itself. We're kind of wired for affinity. I get that. But the whole idea is, I, I think in that, we then so often forget to do what scripture tells us, which is to consider others more important than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we want to rally with people who like us and like the things we like. And then immediately what happens? Well, we dislike the people who don't like the things. You yeah. Know? And and in that, I'm supposed to have a heart for those people. <laughs> yeah. I'm supposed to reach out to, with the gospel to those people. And, and if I have a bunch of folks sitting around going, yeah, those guys are bad, it's really easy to go, well, I'm not going to share the gospel with yeah. them. And that's the fear to me of the echo chamber life. But, but yeah. that's kind of where we live sometimes. I, but I mean, and but I, there's a lot of comfort in that echo chamber. Oh, yeah. There, I understand why we land there. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, that's where I mean, we were just talking about the the fleeting hope. Like, yeah. we get a lot of fleeting hope from being around people who feel like us. Yeah, 
and going like, okay, I'm, I belong. I, you know, this is, this is where I'm, I'm getting recharged. This is where I'm getting yeah. what I need when really, no, you're, you're not yeah. getting it from I'm, the source. Yeah, I'm not growing at all. Yeah. 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 And you, you said, as you kind of explained that, it was something along the lines of, we want God to come back because we're uncomfortable. Yeah. And then we grumble. Like we're, we're wanting him to come back just to fix our problems rather than yeah. like seeing God's kingdom come. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, that's... It's kind of sad. I don't want to... I, I won't tell who this is, but there's a person that I love that um, says this a lot. That's just like, oh man, it's just, just Jesus come back. Jesus come back. Because it's, it's such a bad, bad world. And when you said that... <laughs> is it me? I've said it from the <laughs> stage before. <laughs> I do love you. I was not thinking you. Um, and I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. Um, but that, like when you said that, I'm like, oh man... I relate to that, but I also was thinking of, of this person and just, I'm like, whenever this person would say it, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like I would like agree with them. But you know, when you kind of called it out, it was like, man, yeah, we want Jesus to come back just to fix our situation. Fix our stuff, yeah. And and again, there's, there's so many ways to, to try and attack that problem, but that's part of the deal. Do we want him to come back because we want people to be saved and spend eternity with the Lord? Or do we want them to come back to banish those people from God's presence forever because they're bad people? Our heart should be for people to know Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's Jesus's heart. <laughs> yeah. And and he left us here as his ambassadors. He wants us to make disciples who make disciples. It's pretty clear in the word. Yeah. And yet we struggle with that because we don't like that kind of stuff. And, and so that's kind of the deal. I, I get that this is a messy world we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. And I get it's the only time I truly know because it's the only time where I'm, I'm present. We study history for a reason. And, and this is the deal. And I'm not trying to, to overly simplify this whole deal. But in Ecclesiastes, when the wisest dude ever who lived said, it's all vanity. Mm. It's, it's all a vapor. There's nothing new under the sun. I think he's right. Yeah. <laughs> like the issues we're dealing with now, they seem really, really bad. But they, they really can't be any worse than the issues that we're reading about in the Old Testament see the things going on with Israel right now and Hamas, and, and we start talking about genocide and terrorist organizations and ownership of that little precious strip of land between, and, and God's plan, literally, I believe, his sovereign plan for the nation of Israel and all those things, and, and we act like this is the first time we've seen horrible atrocities like that. Mm-hmm. Well, read your Bible. They're, <laughs> they're in there a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to make light of it, because there, there are things that are very, very hard for us to explain. I mean, I'm not saying God's a fan of genocide whatsoever, but there are times in Scripture where literally God says, we need to wipe out this entire nation of people because all they're doing is leading people away from me. God is sovereign over all things, and he sees the big picture, and we don't see that. And it's still, like, I totally trust him, and it's still hard for me to go, man, that that seems pretty extreme. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, then you see examples in Scripture when people try and take matters in their own hand, well, we won't wipe out everybody because that seems mean. And then it just continues to flare up over and over. You know, God knows the best things. Mm-hmm. I know that he does, even when I don't agree. I mean, there are things in the Bible I don't agree with. You and I have had this yeah. conversation. Yeah. But I'm not going to fight the Bible. Like, if I don't agree with it, I'm wrong. <laughs> like, I know this. How do I live that way? Because I'm still pretty selfish. I like to be right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so those are the things that are really, really hard in, in that particular discussion. Like I say, we could go on yeah. a long time. <laughs> no, no, you're, yeah, you're right. Uh, okay. Next quote. 
Just, I was just, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things, man. Like, as I'm listening to it, I was like, oh, that's good. That's I'm good. Glad one this of, was cool. One of them, I was like, I was like, did he? I'm like, that was so good. Did he? Is that a uh, commentary? Or was that was that a James original? <laughs> but I, it's, it's fine. You don't need to tell it yourself. Yeah. Um, no, I stole the chips and salsa thing. It's uh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember where I stole it. That's the beauty of creativity. After a while, you're like, I must have said that. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. It's mine. I don't remember who I stole that from. <laughs> um, uh, oh, no, we already touched on that. Sorry. Looking at my notes. Uh, when we have free time, do we enjoy it? Oh, yeah. When we have margin, do we fill it or do we have a fear of productivity? Yeah. I stole that one from Richard Swenson in a book called, what, what is that book called? Oh, goodness. I've read it so many times. And I've read it and I still don't do it. Now I can't remember the title, so, but, but it's about maintaining margin in yeah. your life. And, yeah. and, and uh, he, he gave a great example. I remember in the book that, that, you know, a guy had talked forever about, man, I'd love to serve my church. And I think what would be really neat is if I was able to teach like a Sunday school class, because I've got, you know, this knowledge of this thing and that'd be great. But his life was just so full that somebody came to him and said, hey, you want to teach Sunday school class? And he was like, no, I can't do it. I don't have the margin. Busy. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, well, if you're that busy and so that you don't get to do the things that you really think God's wanting you to do, you're too busy. Yeah. Like you got to be able to, you know, and, and that's always the call to me. We just schedule ourselves to the nth. We leave no room for anything. And then the thing that God might want us to do pops up and we're like, I can't do it. I think that's so silly. Yeah. And yet I find myself doing it all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that, that part is tricky. Yeah. But there's 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 a thing that I struggle with, which is um, working more hours than I should. Yeah, that is a that is a big struggle, especially during Christmas time, um, which I just told you. Kind of, I'm like, man, I'm I'm it's piling up. Yeah, but I've been convicted and convicted um, by the Holy Spirit, and it's truly the Holy Spirit because I'm sure my wife has been praying for me, and so my friends and stuff of just like to, you know, to hear God. And, and I, I went to her the, you know, a couple months ago and I was like, man, I, I need to see my kids more. Like I'm, I'm, I work a lot. And she's like, yeah, you do. <laughs> I was like, all right. I'm glad you noticed. So I've been, I've been trying to, to create that margin. It's just like, man, I, I have stuff to get done, but that's not the most important thing. Like the most important thing is, is for me to just go home and, and spend some time with my kids, even if, like I'm just in the house mm -hmm. and they're just running around me or whatever. Like for them to see that, hopefully they see that I'm putting them above all those things. But that's, that's, you're right. I like, we do that all the time. I do it all the time where I'm just like, no, I got, I got to get this done yeah. and they'll be there tomorrow. They'll be there tomorrow. And I, I, there was this, uh, yeah. speaking of that, uh, there was a, um, a comic strip I saw. I don't know if I've said this before. I feel like I've said it before, but there was a comic strip, and there was four boxes. And the first box was the the kid that was uh, had a baseball glove and, and a baseball, and it was like, "Hey, Dad, come play catch with me." And Dad's like, oh, "I'm too busy." And then it went to the next one. He's got a football. I was like, "Dad, come play with me." No, I'm too busy. And then it was like he had a board game, and he's like, "Dad, come play with me." And I'm I'm too busy. And then it like fast forwarded, and the kid was like 14 years old. And the, the dad was like, hey, son, let's talk. And the kid was putting his hood on, putting his earphones in. He goes, no, I'm too busy. And it's like, oh, man, I don't want to do that to my kids. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can very easily do that because I'm not putting the priority of what God has put in my life to do. Yeah. So. No, that's, and, and it's crushing. And, and we've already said maybe I shouldn't uh, cry here in the thing today. But <clears throat> as a you know, guy with 
one kid left in the house <clears throat> and seeing, you know, I mean, we enjoyed Thanksgiving so much just being with all the kiddos. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the kind of thing. Like, you don't get that time back. You, you have to invest it wisely. And there have been times I felt like I've been really intentional about it and done well, and there's many, many times. Um, pastoral ministry is a, a phenomenal calling, and, and I certainly am not going to shirk away from what God has called you or I to do in that. It's hard on your family, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. If something comes up and somebody is in the hospital and needs somebody to go visit them, I mean, like, you know, the, you need to do that at, at that time. There, there are certain things you can't move around. There's some things where you learn how to move around. Um but I mean, in that, I, I've then neglected my wife. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I'll, I'll stay up late to make sure and help, you know, especially when the kids were younger, get them to bed, we're like that. And then instead of hanging out with my wife, I'm like, okay, I got all the stuff I got to do. And mm-hmm. then she'll go to bed alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I've made all the mistakes that you can make in that. Um, but but there, there's a reality to it, and it's that you can't schedule um, quality time. Like, you can't say, well, I'm only going to spend... 15 minutes with my kid today, but it's going to be quality time. No, you don't, you don't get yeah. to determine that. Quality time comes out of a bunch of quantity time. Like, you got to be around <laughs> and just see what happens. And, and I, I lamented this forever. And, and, of course, there's a great freedom when your kids start to drive and you'll get there someday on that. But, I mean, one of the just sweetest times ever for every one of my kids and I was when I had them in the car driving them to school. Or, or, you know, you drive them to mm. practice, you drive them to anything, you get them in the car, and, and like, they're kind of stuck there with you, and you get to talk, and, and, and the conversations that would come up were just amazing, you know? And and it was just because we were taking that time. Mm. Like, I was in, you know, and, and you can't schedule those, you can't make those happen. And like I say, when they started driving themselves, man, I missed out on yeah. those. Yeah. And so, or can we be intentional about investing time well? And again, this certainly comes full circle because during the holiday season, we do get caught up on a whole lot of, well, I got to make these cookies or I got to bake this thing or I got to decorate the house or I got to mm-hmm. clean the house. Or I gotta, you know, and, and the reality is, like my kids are coming home for Christmas and I'm so blessed in yeah. that. They're really not going to care if the house is real clean when they show up. They want to see us. They want to see the dogs. They want to be here. I mean, like that's their deal. Yeah. But we'll clean. I know we will. <laughs> like I know I'll spend the night. You know? yeah. and, and, and so it, are those things the most valuable things? There's the time. The most valuable thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the time is. <laughs> yeah. When I'm I'm even thinking now, it, kind of extrapolating it even further to, and do, do I spend quality time with God? Yeah. Like, do I make that a priority? No, not as much as I should. You know, there's... There's a lot of stuff that I'm, uh, man, God's wrecking me right now. <laughs> we should just stop right now. <laughs> well, because... it's been good to be with you on midpoint. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to cry. You're, you're crying. I'm not crying. Um, it's part of me really wants to circle back now. I don't know that I've ever seen you cry. Let's see what we can do. Oh, no. No, no. Moving on. Um, we don't know, this is another quote from you, we don't know how to be content waiting for God. Oh, goodness. I, I could have just said I don't, but I tried to share with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there is a, a mystery to that where it's like just to be still, you know, the famous psalm, be still and know that I'm God. I don't know anybody who's great at that. I, I really don't. Yeah. Um, I know people who are better about their devotional life. I mean, my wife, God love her, she, she listens to the Bible. Uh, she reads it, but she plays it audio while she, and, and I think it helps her, you know, and she does that every night. So she goes to bed every night 
And I'm just in awe of her. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. that is so cool. You know, and yes, I, I get a job where I get to study the Bible for a living. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time reading the Bible at home. The, the kids busted me on that real hard when, when they were younger because she was asking them questions about something. I remember they're all sitting around the breakfast table and, and it was about modeling life and this and that. And, you know, and she'd ask these questions, you know, who do you see doing this? And it was like, who do you see praying? And they'd be like, mommy and daddy. And like, who do you see, you know, being generous to other people, mommy and daddy. And she's like, who do you see reading the Bible? And they said, mommy. And they- <laughs> I was like, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> like she listens. <laughs> she's not reading it. <laughs> but, but it was this yeah, thing, I know, I know and, I, and I was like, "Well, that you know." But I, I don't spend a lot of time yeah. sitting at home <laughs> reading the Bible, you know. So it's that thing where we model and stuff in front of them that they see, and, and and this idea, and again, comes back to not building margin in our lives and the busyness and the pace. There's not a lot of folks who are great at going. Well, I'm just going to be still and listen to God. Yeah, and this is something. I mean, it's part of my practice in in preparing to preach. And it boggled Christina's mind for a long time. How, how come it takes you? Because like I'll take about three hours typically. I used to do it on Saturday night, and she finally got me to quit doing that because it was we never had a Saturday night together. Yeah. You know, pre, you know? And so now I do it on Friday morning. She's at school, and so I'm there. But it takes like about three hours, and I'll work through the sermon normally a couple times. But then I'll, I'll literally try and just spend some time just being quiet. And, and listening and going, is there anything that I missed that you wanted me to have in here, God? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that I need to pull out? Is, you know, and, and I just want to, to kind of get myself you know, <laughs> in that spot where I'm like, well, this is it. This is what God wants me to say. And, and that's a weird practice. And I'm so glad that I do it. Yeah. You know, but, but a lot of folks don't sit well like that. Yeah. And, and so there is a challenge, I think, yeah. for us to go... If, if God is going to speak, and, and seriously, he could do it in the earthquake, he could do it in whatever, but if he's going to speak to us in a still small voice and we've all got our AirPods in. Yeah. You ain't going to hear him. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's the biggest issue, Brian. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we hear. And and again, I mean, you come back to Samuel and Eli and then the voice of the Lord, you know, and, and in that, you know, God can call us however he wants. And I think for the vast majority of people, it's going to be you or me on a podcast or in a song we sing or in a pre, I mean, it's something we're going to say in front of somebody and they're going to get it. You, you wrote down a bunch of quotes, things that God had me say mm-hmm. that were impactful. We're going to get that. I mean, we know we're going to get that. Yeah. And we have God's word. Everybody owns a Bible. We probably own four or five of them. I, yeah. hope, I hope we're reading them because that's how God wants to talk to us. But God's God. I'm not going to put it past him that he could nudge us in any way that he would want. Yeah. Are we open? <laughs> are we paying attention to mm-hmm. hear that? And, and there are times I know that I'm not. I know. Yeah, I, I see people begging on the street. There's not a lot of that around here. We're not a big city, but you see it, and and I I, I can be exceptionally callous sometimes, and and my heart can immediately go. Well, I see that guy out there all the time. That's this guy's job, you know. And and, and he could go get a real job. He could, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I have these things, and so I made the deal several years ago. When I see that, instead of being a jerk like I can be, I just pray. And I go, God, if you want me to give them something, I need you to show me clearly that you want me to give them something. Mm-hmm. And it's happened a handful of times. I mean, I don't know how many times, but but the reality is every time it happens, by then I've already driven by. And then I'm like, now i got to turn around <laughs> and go back. And I'm going to look like a fool <laughs> because this person saw me just drive by them. And I, you know, But that's my deal. Like if God tells me, yeah, go ahead and give to that person, I don't know what they're going to do with it. I, but but yeah. I just want to be obedient to what God is telling me to do. Are we trying 
to hear from him that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's that's the thing to me that like I should do better at that. Yeah. I know I should. <laughs> no, I think I think it's cool. Just I mean, when you were like, I'm gonna look like an idiot or I'm gonna look like a fool, turn around. I was like, How cool. <laughs> like how cool that God makes you look like an idiot. <laughs> Like yeah. honestly, I don't like, need a lot of help looking like an idiot. <laughs> no, but like for for God to go, okay, now turn yeah. around. Yeah, and it's like God, you're inconveniencing me. Yes, I am. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm doing, man. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna I'm gonna look like an idiot. Yeah, you yeah, are. You really are. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost that, always over by the McDonald's by the time I'm like, oh great, okay. Now I got to spin around here and drive by the. I got to drive through the drive-through <laughs> and get a soda, and then I'll go. Yeah, I got you. I know. What you, see, that's what God is doing. Yeah. <laughs> He's just trying to get me a diet coke. Yeah. Uh, no, there's this book I'm uh, I, I'm listening to on audiobooks um, called "Pray Like Monks, Live Like Fools," hmm. and uh, it's there's a he's just talking how to pray mm-hmm. and what that looks like. And um, as you're talking about being still, I, I just finished listening to this chapter, and and he was like, "We we need to practice stillness. Yeah. We need to practice just listening to God." And, and, you know, he was talking about how some people are like, like you were saying, you, you do this for like three hours. Well, you'll, you'll talk and then pray and then just sit and be quiet. And I'm like, man, I can't do that. And, but he was saying, you know, just start where you can, like, don't do what you can, don't yeah, do what you can't. Exactly. And he said, start with like a minute or two mm-hmm. and just sit with your feet on the floor, your hands up and just saying, okay, God, like say one breath prayer of like, yeah. God, I'm here. I'm listening and then just practice that and then do that for a month or two and then up it to five minutes. And then eventually, I mean, I'm sure you've been doing this practice for years. Well, and yeah, and and I didn't start there either. You know, it it was a big deal for me. And I remember still, because I did that even when I first showed up here at Orchards, like I would go in and and practice the sermon from the stage. Mm -hmm. Like I just always wanted to feel like I knew where I was going to be when I was going to transition away from the... Where the jokes were going to lay. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and, and that kind of thing. And like I would start every time with just laying face down on the stage and praying. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, this is where I'm going to be standing. To, you know, And that, I didn't do that for an hour. I mean, yeah. that, that was five minutes. Where like, yeah. But that kind of turned into, you know, because as, as I didn't feel like the need to stand and practice as much anymore, mm-hmm. I just needed to be more available to do what God wanted me to do. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, I don't remember when that shift occurred, but I, I don't remember, you know, standing on the stage and practicing in the last five or six years. Yeah. I preached. 45 times a week or a yeah. year. I mean, yeah. so, so, you know, but, but in that it is still the process is really, really important to me. Yeah. So yeah, I would never tell somebody, Hey, try and sit for an hour. And you know, that's, that's going to be hard. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't do it any other time during the week. I'll mm-hmm. say that. But for that one, because there's the gravity yeah, of preaching God's that, word. Yeah. I mean, all I can do is mess it up. <laughs> like yeah. all I can do, it, it's the greatest story ever told. All I can do is trash it. I can't add anything to it. I can't make it better. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to communicate it well. I just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, <laughs> yeah. Whew. Man, we're getting all emotional in here. <laughs> Start talking about football or something. How about them Browns? <laughs> it's about the third time you got me worked up today. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Um, okay, we'll we'll uh, end this section of Praise the, the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with you said this this one thing and just this is kind of how you ended the, the like near the, the the end of your sermon and just if somebody was listening to it yeah. and 
didn't didn't hear the gravity of the question. Um, how would you respond? But you said real hope and a better life is coming. Mm-hmm. Do we live like that? Yeah. And so, I, I guess like you know, giving you the final word, like they do in like the talk shows and stuff, like the the final word in that. What would you want somebody to hear, yeah. just based on on your message? Well, that's a that's a pretty loaded question because you could ask, what does that mean to somebody who is a Christ follower? What does it mean to somebody mm-hmm. who isn't? But in, in the church. There is this notion of most of the people who sh- who come will say they have professed faith in Christ. Yeah, truly hope they have. And and in that, I I don't want to I don't want to accuse anybody <laughs> of this. I know there are times I've done this myself. There's a great um, John Ortberg quote. I know he's gotten into some trouble in in theological circles recently with with uh, some decisions he made uh, leading the church where God had him, but. But as a theologian, I've always really appreciated him, and he wrote this several years ago. He said, you know, the, the problem is not for, for Christ followers that we're going to renounce our calling, it's that we're going to live so busy with no margin that we'll just skim through this life, and we won't live in the abundance God desires for us. Mm-hmm. And that's the deal for me. Like, if we're Christ followers, are we okay with just getting by? You know, or do we truly want the abundance? Because the abundance comes in professing faith and then working through the trials <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and practicing that patience and developing the endurance and having it turn us into more sanctified Christ followers. And that's going to give us the hope that will carry us forward to make disciples and share, you know, all that works together. And I think we just skim through life and go, oh, I had a job and I had some kids and I, and, and we went on vacation and, and my team won mm-hmm. and, and all those things are neat. <laughs> yeah. But but none of those are truly about the abundance that comes from living in the hope of Christ. Yeah. And so that's the challenge, I think, in that. Are we just skimming our lives? Or are we really drinking from the well? Are we really yeah. <laughs> deeply abiding in the Lord? Because then there's going to be a, a peace and a joy and a love that is going to shine from us. And, and and again, I've seen you exhibit that to people. I, I, I know I've been blessed to be in that spot, but I know I'm not in that spot <laughs> all the time because mm-hmm. sometimes I grumble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, I do too. I'm not saying like, yeah, James, yeah, James a you're a huge grumble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about next week. Yes, yes, yes. So excited about that. I, I really am excited about all the weeks in the, in the playlist series because uh, in, especially even ending on Christmas Eve with the, the story of Jesus and, and his coming. But yeah, it's these things that we are supposed to experience more of depth in peace and love and joy and hope. And, and so this is peace this week. And, and again, I don't know, you know, I hope I'm not focusing too much on the world we live in. There's just not a lot of peace. Mm. There just really isn't. Yeah. And Jesus came so we'd have it. And, and he, not only so we'd have it, he is our peace, yeah. is in the passage we're looking at. Yeah. And so that's the deal. Do I see that? Do I see that he, and, and I love the, the, it's Ephesians 2 where we are, and Paul says that he breaks down the walls of hostility. And, and I'm like, man, that's what we need to hear. Yeah. Because, I, gosh, you just see so many people, and especially, again, in light of Israel-Palestine and the things that are going on there, but just in, in the fights that we have with, you know, the person who believes in one thing because of their take on politics and the person who believes in another thing, and, and there's walls of hostility between us. Yeah. And Jesus breaks those down. Yeah. And he is our peace. Do we live that way? 
not just at Christmas, but that's what we'll focus. But yeah, yeah. do we live that way all the time? And so, yeah, I, I'm again, I've, I've got it all. Uh, you've seen the way I do it. I end up kind of just freehand writing for yeah. a long time, and then I have it in front of me, and I start typing and trying to turn it into something. And and so I'm halfway through right now, and and I'm right now I'm enjoying where God's <laughs> taking it. I just want to make sure it ends well and ends yeah. strong because this was one just like hope, just like love, just like joy. We need this right now. Yeah. We need it all the time, but we yeah. really need it right now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm excited. That'll be good. This has been... I am too. Yeah. <laughs> Put this on my playlist. Oh, uh-huh. look at you. You are so good. Uh, all right. Well, that's all the time we have. It is now. I don't want James to cry anymore. Nobody's going to cry today. Nope. <laughs> We're getting through this. Um, be sure to join us um, in Lewiston. At 9 and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday or in Monday person. in person at 7 um, here at the church. Right, right in yeah. the building. 822 Bryden <laughs> Avenue, uh, Lewiston, Idaho. I'm, just, I'm not going to do the whole thing. It's like the end of the hall. BR549. But hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast with the Mean Green Machine and myself. Know that you are so loved, so, so loved by God and uh, and us here at, at OCC. It's true. Love you guys. Thanks, guys.